Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. It's always it's a Monday. It's a Monday after kind of an interesting back-to-back, up-and-down roller coaster ride of a week for the basketball team that ended in a fun roller coaster in roller coaster land of sunny Orlando, Florida. We'll definitely be touching on that. It's a Monday after not one, not two, but three coaches on the staff of Coach Satterfield going into season one, get offered big ups, big, big promotions, and do leave the program. But still, that's some good to bring out of that. It's also a Monday where I get to bring in my guys, my pals, my partners. That's right. Without further ado, Aaron Smith and Ryan Royer, gentlemen, how are we? Aaron, Aaron, take it. How are <laughs> Better. Uh, it's, pre- it's President's Day, so I, I wore my my USA headband ready for the holiday. Is that tinfoil? Or is that? No, it's, it's a headband. It's, <laughs> that's, it's elastic. that's elastic. Yeah. Okay. Fair, fair. Well, celebration. There you are. Ryan, how are we? Doing well. Kind of a hectic night, but always good to be down, uh, settling down here with y'all. So I'm there excited to chop it up. Chop City with the boys. Chop City with the boys. Chad will uh, hopefully be hopping in with us uh, periodically. He just got some things he's got to clear up on his end tonight. But uh, so hopefully he'll be joining us eventually. Um, fingers crossed there. But uh, aside from that, you know, it's it's time to also thank Danco Transmission and Auto Care. We we jumped right into Coach Googs last weekend. Sorry, last Monday. So we had to. Uh, Get a little Danco right off the bat here. Danco Transmission and Auto Care. Head over there. Uh, pump it up. I guess you can say that too, right? It works for Galactic. Mm-hmm. Could work at Danco. Uh, mentioned Ryan Royer. Mentioned AA Ron. Mentioned Chad. Get uh, $10 off your next oil change. 10% off your next fixing. Guys, basketball. One and one on the two-game road trip. But a one and one you might have expected to possibly be the other way if you knew it was going to be one and one coming out of the week. Let's start just quickly Wednesday. It was a uh, another one of those games, man. Uh, one where quite possibly you could come away saying it was the worst loss of the season, 75-71, a 16-point lead in the second half against the ECU Pirates. We've kind of already covered this one up quite a lot. But, uh, man. Just, just quick final reactions on that one, and we'll we'll shut the book on the Pirates, hopefully for forever. Aaron, you you kind of touched on it. So, Ryan, what were your thoughts on on Wednesday night? Just definition of implosion. I mean, it's kind of it's unacceptable. It's very surprising. I mean, I know there's been ups and downs this year for the team, but that level of kind of just, I guess, yeah, implosion. It just. Not nothing that you would expect, especially going against a severely um, not not nearly as same caliber team as uh, ECU compared to us, and it kind of gave me remnants back to the, one of the darkest days in uh, program history that Nevada uh, oh, NCAA. Gosh. I know we you don't like to, to talk it. about that, but I mean you it was just like it. that oh. second half just shit show explosion. I. It was just like I felt like I was sitting in my living room reliving that heartbreaker. Yeah. But the the I guess the the scale the 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 scene was a little different. You're at ECU, 
not a very exciting environment. You're not uh, looking at a path to the final four clearly ahead of you like it was versus Nevada. Right. So I can't say it's not, not that heartbreaking, but it was just that second half kind of shit show just brought back that bad taste in my mouth. We're we're doing PTSD right off the jump here. That, that's uh, fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. I'm seeing things. I'm hearing things, man. <laughs> well, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't help either that you had the ghost of the broadcasters haunting yeah. the entire oh, game. Yeah. Yep. I. You know what? Honestly, that was an awesome touch by that broadcasting crew. I mean, that's an ESPN Plus production, and mm-hmm. for them to go to a break each time with 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 one of his calls, I I, I love that part of it. But then when they started making that comeback in the second half, when when Cincinnati went up 16, you kind of felt like, okay, the the building's starting to sound a little bit louder than the, you know, 573 people that were in attendance. It's starting to amp up a little bit. And uh, I don't know. you, You definitely felt that effect going on. Yeah, those calls weren't feeling as heartfelt towards the end. You're kind of like, just shut, shut up. I don't we, care anymore. We understand he's the man, but we can't right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Aaron, anything else on that one? That was uh that was a, a toughie to sit through. And of course Attend- a toughie to recap that you guys were able to do. Attendance was listed at four thousand sixty-five. High school basketball, baby. Come on. <laughs> but no, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm happy to see East Carolina no more. Yeah. Uh, no, no more purple and, and gold, and ugh, no yeah. more Greenville. Always no find a way to give us fits, man. No more Greenville, man. Yeah, always giving fits. That that I'll, I'll never forget that that game where Sauce took that pick six, and gosh, Holt Naylor's going buck wild and just Bearcats pulled it out in the end. But I was at a wedding in California, and it was. It already added to the to the heartbreak and the confusion that I was going through because I had to perform Shaggy on stage later that night. So that was just <laughs> added to my stress. My stress was at an all time high. Killed the performance because it came right after a Bearcat win. So you know what? There we'll, we go. We'll stamp that. Sports are scripted. I you know I agree. I agree because Bearcat fan base is always like ECU gives us fits no matter what sport we go there and play. And even though they're 19 and three all time now with that win, I, I feel like the games are always just tough in basketball. Yeah, we'll see. UCF Superfan, we'll we'll ask Royer later on if he's a candidate for OC. I think I, I think a lot of teams like to do that that little back and forth thing where they get, you know, like like a Matt Patricia, try and get him calling plays, you know. You've got that defensive yeah. side to you already, so you know what to expect offensively. But I, I would be I'd be great at the job. I already turned my resume into Sadie. I'm looking to hear back from him here in the next couple of days. So I'll keep there you guys posted. There you go. But uh, move on to brighter things. Uh, obviously, just turn the page. Goodbye, Greenville. And it seems as if the team came out with a new sort of effort and uh, just attention to detail and execution and aggression, pulling out a big time win against UCF. Their first. Quad one win, more quad one wins than I believe. Three big name schools in the country. I think North Carolina didn't have a quad one win. I'm pretty sure Villanova doesn't have a quad one win. This was a big one. Oh, one last thing on ECU, just to, just to see how bad ECU is. They turned around and on Sunday they lost at SMU by 16 points. So 
I just I'm I'm done with the Pirates. But anyway, UCF on Sunday, big time bounce back, big time win. As that game's going on, I was in attendance. I'll I'll touch more on that after I get your guys's uh, your thoughts on it. But as that game's stretching on, especially in the second half, where the league gets built and then it starts to deteriorate like it has in recent games. Aaron, what's what's going on through your head as you're watching? It seemed like yet another comeback, possibly for the other team, but uh, the Bearcats are able to hold on in the end. This game felt different, just in the sense that every time Cincinnati needed to make a play, they made a play. They needed an offensive rebound, they got an offensive rebound. They needed to get a defensive stop, they got a defensive stop. They needed to make free throws, they got free throws. It just seemed like every, the ball bounced Cincinnati's way, even when they were turning the ball over at an unprecedented rate. Um, so I don't know. I just, this game certainly felt different watching it. Yeah. It, it did. Uh, Ryan, you were able to take it in. Did you, did you catch the, uh, all, all 40 minutes of, of fun there in Orlando? Not all of it, but I will say it was the first time I think ever in my like sport fandom, I watched my team make a buzzer beater and win. So really? that was, yeah, it was it was a once in a lifetime experience for me. So I was loving it. I mean, it just felt like the a game like back and forth, just that just the way the season's going, like, oh, you're not really anticipating the bear like we're gonna find a way to not pull this one out. But we end up pulling it out with a buzzer beater. And I think like just you, you love those kind of games and your team comes out on top, obviously. And I think it was it was huge. They needed that, especially after dropping that one in uh, at ECU um, just shows that the team has, they have resolved, they have fight. Uh, you, lo- you love seeing that, but, you know, still got to keep being more uh, consistent. I feel like that's something I've been coming back to like every week when we're talking hoops, but yeah. they're so close. They're so close to being a really solid team and being on that bubble, but they got to figure some little details out. It is strange to go back and look at, you know, just, 18 and 10, it is what it is right now. But if, if you do pull out the tough losses to Tulane, we've already touched on, to ECU, we've already touched on, even throwing the Houston game at Houston where they were up for a majority of the game and the better team for probably about 30 minutes of that one. I, and, you know, you, you flip those games to Cincinnati's way, it just it, it gives a completely different look on the entire season. You know, the, the Tulane game happened, the ECU game happened, so here we are kind of re- rehashing and saying that they needed something to kind of lift up the spirits in the program and in the fan base, and I think UCF definitely was that. Uh, Jeffrey Inman asked, how was your betting weekend, gentlemen and gents? And I, I, I hate to admit, uh, it was really, really good. Um, in attendance at UCF, you got to hammer Bearcats money line, and hammer Bearcats money line I did. And I, I tell you what, in, inside of a 50% packed addition financial arena where there was probably there's it was probably 60 40 UCF fans to Cincinnati fans. I mean the Bearcats fans showed out and they they cheered pretty loud when that when when, when that David Julius ball fell in, but you know it was kind of a kind of a weird, weird crowd, you know, kind of very laid back. The music was kind of I don't know. There wasn't a lot of juice to the uh, to the production, if you will. But hey, Brent. Yeah. I, I just want to remind you: if you are betting, 
Uh, make sure you yeah. download the Betfred app on your phone. Yeah. And use the code BCJ111 yep. uh, for all of your Bearcat Journal promotions and also helps support us here at Bearcat Journal. Well, and that, you know, gamble responsibly. Oh, for sure. But I, I just wanted to mention again, that's BCJ111 on your Betfred uh, code in your promotions promotional code there we go yeah there's only one way out of a hole it's to just bet even more parlays brett <laughs> right. I agree. I agree. you know I, uh, brought to you by bet fred <laughs> the next bet is always going to be the bet that gets you out of the rut you know oh yeah you gotta see that, one green uh, yeah the second then, that you stop is when you're gonna you're gonna start winning then your nine leg parlay you put a hundred on you'll be a millionaire it happens pretty much all the time all right? the time you know, 92% of the time it happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. Aaron, Natalie almost thought we were going to get your uh, betting disclaimer where, you, I mean, you do blissfully read that. I mean, I'm going to be honest. It sounds pretty doggone professional, but we didn't quite get it out of you. I know I wasn't, there's a, there's a lot of moving parts right now, but as always, uh, this Betfred is 100% for entertainment purposes only and does not involve real money betting, except it does. Uh, gambling can be addictive. Please play responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. The service is intended for adult users only. Individuals must be 21 or older to participate in sports betting and iGaming in the U.S. There you go. Wow. Your wishes is our command, Natalie. There you go. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was kind of a, a weird setting. Could you feel that on TV like it just – somewhat of a dead arena, somewhat of a kind of a, you know, it just felt like it, it shouldn't be right. Because I mean, UCF is going to the big 12 with Cincinnati. They claim that we're their, their rival now. Right. Like, I mean, I know that they like to make everybody thank them for everything, but uh, yeah. we thank you for two wins this season. Uh, we appreciate that UCF uh, central Florida, golden Knights, whatever the fuck you want to be called it these days. I don't even know. Um, but I don't know why anybody wouldn't like, I don't know why the, the, it wouldn't be sold out. Like it didn't make sense. You have the, the space jumpsuit, North Carolina, Tar Heel colored uniforms on. Cause, um, cause, cause it's the, it's a space program. UCF. <laughs> Is it? Because yeah, I don't. They've got some sort of. I thought NASA program. was the space program. I'm just. They saying. have a big. They have a big like aerospace. I, I know, but again, you know, you you're the Golden Knights, not the highlighter blues. So I don't know. Um, it should have been packed though. There's no reason for it not to have been packed. Again, if you want to call us rivals, if you're trying to be a good team this year, there's no excuse for that. Like, this should have been a game that they got up for. You have every opportunity to pass Cincinnati for a better ranking for your and, and like for your uh, American tournament hopes and I, it doesn't it, it, it made it made zero sense to me that the arena wasn't loud and packed I was surprised by how much red I saw actually in the arena yep. uh, on on the broadcast and it, it felt strange in that regard I'll, I'll say that fifty two percent capacity. On a on a Sunday afternoon game where, I mean, there's not nothing too crazy going on. I you know, I was down in Florida. My uh, mom is a teacher, and so you know she's like, "Come on down. I've got a little vacation. I got Monday off." You know, went to uh, went to the beautiful, beautiful uh, Universal Studios. First time I've been 
Brian, and uh, it was oh, yeah? actually, uh, well, actually sec- second time. I was a little too young to remember the first one. First one, I ate like 10 churros throughout the day and, and explained <laughs> a lot about what's going on with me right now. But anyway, we uh, we went there, and, and it was a Mardi Gras parade, and then all of a sudden that night, it's it's a Marin Morris concert with, with a roller coaster in the background. It, it's beautiful. Beautiful. But, oh, yeah? uh, but you know what? Then all of a sudden we roll into a Sunday, beautiful Sunday. And I'm like, okay, head over to UCF. My sister surprised us with tickets. I, I mean, I knew we were going to go to the game. Guess how much tickets went for? We bought six of them. Uh, 15 apiece. Aaron, what's your guess? Six tickets for the concert and all day? No, no, no. Just to the UCF game. Oh, to the UCF game. Uh, I'm going to guess six dollars. You are. You guessed correctly. Nailed one, it. One dollar a ticket, and we we got it in the middle. What? Oh, to. I thought it was six dollars a ticket. No, one dollar a ticket. Six dollars total. Thirteen after the fees added. Not Wait. even worth. Not even worth the money it's printed on. It's unbelievable. The, the, the paper. How? How is that possible? I don't know. We logged on to StubHub. What is that arena like? It's it's not a bad arena. They've got a cool thing on the baseline. <laughs> yes, Tonk. Yes, I definitely heard the lady screaming, steal it the entire second half. The broadcast picked it up every time Cincinnati had the ball. It was annoying. You know, it, it reminded me when I went to Tropicana Field once and there was no one there. I mean, no one. And you could yell and interact with the players on the field. <laughs> Here, if you yelled loud enough, I, I mean, I didn't want to disrupt the t- I, I could probably say, what's up, Dan, at one point, and Dan Horde might hear me and give me a little wave up in the, up in the sand. He's got headphones on. I don't know if he would have. During a timeout, you take them off, you know, maybe. Do you? Nah, sometimes. Catch him when he's going to get, you know, get a drink or something. But anyway, I it, it was the atmosphere was just down. Um, it was. It that was reminds me of a couple of red legs games I've been to. Right, <laughs> sitting over I, by the foul pole, yelling at the the was that left fielder? Yeah, saying some things that I won't repeat on here. Put, put one hand, put your left hand up for oh, this. Oh, you right know that? How did you know? Oh, I, I I've seen many a times, many. Indianapolis Indians games, a little triple We wanted team. to know if he was a switch hitter or not. Right, exactly. Yeah. Let us know. Which <laughs> one do you prefer? Left, left or right? But, uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, it was a little down. Like, the, the loudest the crowd got was at the uh, – at one of the the media timeouts in the second half. I tweeted about this. They, they said, UCF fans, we are one three-pointer away from free Chick-fil-A. And the, Ooh, the, place, the place erupted the, the loudest it was the entire time. And, and they didn't hit that last three. They hit one more three-pointer the rest of the way after that. So they hit it. They were able to take the Chick-fil-A home. But, uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting feeling in the crowd. Uh, got loud at times. Cincinnati fan base was erupted after David DeJulius and after the Odeo Guama dunk. It was, uh, it, was, it was interesting there. But – I want to break down a little bit more. You know, Aaron, you guys do the do the nightcap, and it, it takes a little luster out of out of the recap here. But we got to touch on the the big men: Kalu Zikbe, Odio Guama, 
those two combined for spectacular stat lines outside of the, you know, the, the dunk attempt by Kalu Zikbe over, you know, Taylor Hendricks from, from the free throw line. That was a little, <laughs> little interesting, but I mean, those two together combined for a, a stat line that you would expect out of a, a contending team, the AAC, especially out of two bigs. And it didn't involve Victor Lockett. Let's, Let's talk a little bit more about what you guys saw out of those two because I think Kalu probably had a career game and Odie is just continuing the tear that he's currently on. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it was definitely Kalu's best game as a Bearcat. Um, and Odie has been lights out since Vic went down. I think uh, somebody put in the uh, in the nightcap that he's 24 of 30, I believe, uh, since Vic went down in, against Tulane. Um in this That's one, good. he was, yeah. In this one, he was seven of seven. Um, Kalu four of six. Kalu four of four from the from the line. They combined for ten rebounds and a stat that they desperately needed to clean up uh, after the ECU game. And combined for twenty seven points. I mean, that's what you need out of that five spot. And they were certainly able to at four five spot. Um, and they were certainly able to to do that. I, I mean, Ryan, it's incredible seeing the OD form that we're getting right now after seeing a three-game stand where he couldn't even shoot a layup. And, you know, we've mentioned it on the pod before, you know, the the yips are just, you know, a little bit of hesitation and, you know, something in his, in his head. Well, I, I don't know if this, you know, the fact that Vic being out might have been a bit of a blessing in, dis- in disguise, letting him know, hey, you got to step up with, now that Vic's out. He's taking ownership of that, and he showed it again in this one. Yeah, maybe he just need that little, like, that push in the back, a little bit of pressure on him to kind of say, all right, like, we need you. Like, we're relying on you now. Like, we can't we can't have what we were having before. Uh, and, you know, some guys respond really well to that. Some guys sink back in the hole. And we love – I love knowing that uh, Odie's that guy who rises to the occasion and literally rises to the occasion when he goes up and slams that damn ball – through the rim. That's exactly what we've been talking about all like, yeah, like we've seen it twice now and we're like, why can't he just keep doing that more often? But mm-hmm. you know, we won, he did it. He played well uh, all around um, on top of that. So, I mean, that's huge. Cause Vic was just really proving his dominance being like one of the top players at his position in the conference. So having Odie step up and having Kalu chip in uh, this mm-hmm. past game was huge. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, talk, this is a tasty – what what wine am I sipping on? It is a tasty Zach Brown band, Uncaged. I was feeling in the country music mood, keeping it rolling. And uh, Marin Morris on Saturday, Zach Brown band wine on Monday. Keep, keep the good times flowing is what I like you to help. say. You're but, Billy. <laughs> but uh, aside from that, you know – you see Odie go up and, and dunk it with with efficiency. Seven of seven again after going nine and nine a couple of games ago. It it just that is the type of of dominance you want to see out of a big man that takes ownership and knows I'm I'm strong. I've worked my butt off this entire offseason. I've I've gotten a physical shape that I need to be to to dominate this position offensively and on the board. Sometimes defensively, it's you know he's gets lost a little bit and and. and this, that, and the other, but you know, no one's perfect. But it's happened that he's he's doing a lot to fill in the role that Vic left when he got hurt. Which, by the way, I was in attendance during warmups 
Vic was out there warming up. He looked good. There was no noticeable limp. There was honestly no limp at all. Uh, looked like he could have probably gone um, in the game. And you know, kind of like what Kendrick Davis was was showing at Houston over the weekend, where, you know, you're, you're taking part in warm-ups. You're in uniform where, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. Maybe one game away, maybe two games, depending on the situation. But he did look good. So that's something to report. Uh, definitely good to see. Great to – Great to know, but uh, yeah, Vic looked good. So imagine Vic coming back with with the now gained confidence of Kalu and Odie well, in the post. That's awesome. One of one of the sets we didn't talk about though was holding Taylor Hendricks to in thirty six minutes to only four rebounds and twelve points, and yeah. I think that's even more impressive for these two guys, uh, especially after what Taylor Hendricks did to them the last time they played yep. UCF. Yeah, and. Uh, Landers Nolly was on Taylor Hendricks a lot in the second half too. It just, I think putting fresh bodies, rotating people on Hendricks, giving them different looks because I, you know, he's a he's a first round draft pick, mm-hmm. and the the way they were able to contain him, kind of take him out of the game, really. I don't know if it was like their physicality or or, or what, but uh, you know, it's it's something that they were able to do. And taking a draft pick out, maybe it was the dunk, the Odie dunk might have might have put him back in back in his feels a little bit, like. Oh man, that guy just just made a poster out of me, but he did make a poster the other way on Kalu. But we'll see. Talk. Great to see the boys live in action. Have a great show. Hope all is well, chap. Thank you, Talk. As always, as always. Um, another thing, Aaron, you mentioned the out rebounding. Do you guys know how? What's just a rough guess of Cincinnati's record when they out rebound their opponents this season? Just a rough guess. Mm. A lot of wins, not as a lot. A few losses. <laughs> I will give you a B plus on that answer. Very good, very good. I don't, I don't know how many how many games have they. Sixteen games. Sixteen games. I'll say thirteen and three. Okay. Fifteen and one. Fifteen right. and one. Will they out rebound their opponent? Uh, it's just. Just goes to show when they make the hustle plays, when they it, it seemed like they were making the attention to go into the lane, trying to, to to force the issue a little bit, over aggressive, make making the decisions here and there. So I don't know. I I, I felt a different vibe out of the team, and and it was a winning vibe as well. Yeah, I mean, you had Jeremiah Davenport shooting five times in thirty minutes. Of course, there's a different vibe around the team. That doesn't happen. <laughs> no. It doesn't, uh, you know, it, and he got the rebounds too. I three offensive rebounds, two big ones in that last, you know, few segments. Uh, a rebound and a putback that was pretty big his, as well. His only points, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they made the plays they needed to to pull out a victory. I and then uh, let's talk about David and Julius right now. Um, I I'm trying to think of someone that we can compare it to Ryan during your your days with the football team, kind of a a senior that has, you know, it's been through a lot throughout his career and then all of a sudden starts to, starts to have a big senior moment. And one where you say, wow, that was awesome to see. Jerome Ford. He was a junior. I'm just saying, I mean, he transferred in. Yeah. He had two seasons and really took off his last season here. Uh, When you needed a big play, he was able to, Fill in a huge play. 
Yeah. Uh, transfer. Uh, Brian Cook. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, who else transfer then? That's pretty, maybe, basically really the only really transfer. Yeah. Yeah. Be, pretty yep. well that. Yeah. Just, just someone who, you know, kind of, because Dave score always scored, but the run that he's on right now, I think it's 13 straight games with five or more assists. He had eight in this one. Just kind of a dominant performance of what he's taken over. It, you know, sure, there's there's different times where, you know, you mentioned what the step back here, try and finish all the way. But the fact that he was able to kind of read the defense in this one, take ownership. Wes said, you know, Dave wanted the ball in that final segment and and wanted to take that last shot, kind of redeem himself after the Tulane game. And he, he kind of felt UCF was – I felt like they were kind of shading towards a step back. Because at this point, teams know he's going to go for that step back. The second that he felt him off balance, he blew right past him, little floater, little runner in the lane. And uh, that was just an awesome, awesome moment for, for David and Julius and for the team. So I think he yeah. deserves a, a big-time hat. That, that was some nasty ISO ball, man. He was just carving him up up there. Yeah, a big time, big time shot. Um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, just just the overall hustle. All five starters were in double figures. That was a cool thing that Dave mentioned on mm-hmm. on uh, Twitter. Was you know, hey, I I'll take the I'll take the accolades and the praise for knocking down the game winner. But this is a team win. All five starters are. In double figures, only two points off the bench, which is it is what it is at this juncture. You're dealing with a lot of injuries and different issues like that. But for him to then deflect any praise towards him and immediately give it to his teammates is is very reminiscent of the type of player he is. Well, and that goes to his eight assists, though. I mean, that the reason yeah. the team was able to do what they did is because he's distributing the ball so damn well right now. Absolutely, I there's there's no other way to put it. Um, yeah, but. I mean, it was awesome to see Kalu. Kalu kind of blossom a little bit because, I, you know, seeing him come in, you know, I, they got me on that one summer league basketball tape, you know, that highlight tape where he's breaking down defenses that aren't even playing defense and dunking and hitting threes. And then you hear he really performed well against Purdue in the super secret scrimmage. All of a sudden you're like, oh, Kalu's going to take over. And Vic's kind of been that player. That's kind of taken over in the post, but the way he's been playing as of late, uh, it's a token to him too, not giving up on himself and not giving up mm-hmm. on the team, because he's really, really started to to show some some ferociousness inside of the paint. It's exactly at the right time. So, I don't know. Yeah, especially in this day and age when guys they tend to like when things aren't going good, they tend to just like kind of sink back into their shell and kind of think about transferring and just all that. And I just really like the way he's kind of shown resolve and be, he's been resilient and really coming to his own when the team needs, needs him most. So big shout out to Kalu. Yeah. We've, we've had a couple of players in the past Aaron, I think you mentioned it last night. The, uh, you know, one, one took a trip up to Chicago, left his car there and, and flew to Europe. Another one, <laughs> Another one went to Europe midseason too. I, it was back to back years. Yeah, Jason Rolla and, and Rapalus Ivanowskis. I great guys, Bearcats, sure. And but uh, that's something Kalu didn't do. He didn't give up. Kept his head on. Kept kept pushing towards uh, a good good finish to the season. 
so now, guys. And yes, talk. The only the only loss was when they out rebounded Houston at home uh, by by like seven or at seven, I believe, is what they out rebounded them there. But yeah, that that is the only loss. Three games remain to this week. Temple at home, which is a team that Wes has not beaten during his time as coach, and then Memphis. <coughs> sorry, and then Memphis on the road on Sunday. What's your guys' outlook for those two games? What do you think is considered a success? And kind of what are your feelings leading into those two? Aaron, I'll I'll pass it to you first. I think you have to finish two and one. I mean, I think anything less than that would be a failure. Uh, this team has struggled to win the big game. And I, I think both Temple and as a team that's beat you already this season and Memphis, another team that's beat you this season. Um, if you can win both of those games and then finish out the way you're supposed to against SMU, uh, that would be huge for this team going into the tournament, especially uh, if you want to make some noise in the tournament. Why not go in on a four-game win streak? Um, but if you fall short of that, you, you at least got to finish 2-1. and one. Uh, And I think dropping the game at home against Temple would be – far worse than losing at Memphis. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Ryan, thoughts? Yeah. Kind of just down the stretch. You're familiar with the situation. Maybe need one big win, maybe on the road, time for the uh, for the seniors to take over and not up and go. Yeah, I, I'm with Aaron. Like, we've it's been hard to get that one big road win, and I feel like we've been really close with Memphis a lot of times now. I think this is the one we really need to, to go out and get – away got to win the away games got to win the late away games and we really need to build some momentum so i i think we got to go undefeated down the stretch here i think it'll be huge try to make a run at this thing in the tournament i mean we've been playing houston good all year if we can have some momentum going into that tournament and draw them at some point i mean who knows what can happen but you got to find a way to win at memphis that's that's the real tone setter for how the rest of this season can go absolutely at temple does suck they uh although i it, temple's a weird team man they they have beaten some good teams houston at houston was a huge win it, you know they they beat ucf at ucf just like cincinnati did this past weekend they, they lost four straight after that one game was at smu where cincinnati you know pulled out a, a, a squeaker against the Mustangs that, on the road as well. Another one was at home to Wichita State. And then they get that bounce-back feel-good game on Sunday, Tulsa. Always want to play Tulsa when you're when you're feeling a little down in the dumps. But Cincinnati's going to be favored in this one by you know nearly double digits. But something about Temple. They've, they've struggled to get over the hump against them. We'll see what happens on Wednesday night. And then, of course, that, Sunday comes. I think, you know, you've got – Got nothing to lose. Feel going into Memphis, and uh, it's kind of reminiscent to last year when, you know, the the road game at Houston towards the end of the season. Sure, they lost it, but you saw the team kind of play with nothing to lose. And you know, they the road game at SMU last season. SMU was a lot better team than they are this year. Played with nothing to lose, and so I think they could they could possibly pull it. I would also love Karina Aaron. Time will tell, man. Time will tell. Time will tell. But 
quad one win under the belt. And now right now they're 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 jockeying right there for that four slash five seed, uh, which would then place them against Houston in, in round two if they can pull off the, the victory in the uh four or five seed. They could possibly jump Memphis to get up to that three seed, which would be awesome because uh Memphis has a bit of a tough test down the down the stretch. They travel at Wichita on Thursday. It's never easy to come away with a win there. Then of course Cincinnati. And then they have Houston at home to close out. So a possibility to, to finish in third is there. But uh, it's looking like four or five most likely heading into the uh, conference tournament. So we'll see what happens. Um, anything else on basketball, guys? Or you want to kind of timestamp this one, y'all? Um, I, I think that pretty well covers it. Yeah. Yeah. Good basketball talk. Um, I, I did reach out to Chad trying to get the Quick Paper Supply read, but um, this timestamp brought to you by Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all of your non-food products. Call Nick at 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. There you go, Aaron. Way to go. Heck of a reader, man. Heck of a reader. Well, Thanks, guys. Well, how was your guys' weekend? Aaron, you mentioned that you, you know, were able to, to have the day off today a little bit, but uh, kind of just means you had to deal with kids in the house more. But uh, Ryan, what'd you get into? Did you have a Monday off? Were you in the office? I was in the office, no day off. I had a good weekend, went, uh, went up to Columbus, saw my girlfriend, saw my family. Um, it was a great weekend. Uh, went over to Short North, got some got some drinks, some food, um, just relaxed, watched The Last of Us. Oh, so, don't mention I I haven't watched it yet. I heard this is a me crazy too. Episode. Oh, it's really good. You got to watch it. It is. What a great show, though. I won't I won't say anything. It's all right. <laughs> did, you, did you know they didn't want to be considered a zombie show? So they yeah, don't, infected. They don't say, yeah, they don't say the Z word. It's only. Infected. I wish there was a little more infected in it. I know. I mean, I didn't play the video game, but like, I think it's like, it's like super, like it gets you more on the edge of your seat and yeah. just a little bit more action. I know that it just seems like they're they're trying to drag out a bunch of set the storyline, yeah. but I'm right. good because I like that stuff. It's good, but sometimes I'm like, all right, just something happened. <laughs> yeah. I like the past two seasons of Yellowstone, no doubt. I no need doubt. to get on that too. No doubt. Jeez, talk. Stop. Uh, no spoilers here on the BVP. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, so the weekend ends, Monday comes, some people still have to go to work, and then some people happen to find themselves new jobs on a random Monday, if you know what I mean. But uh, before we mention that, the football team did announce March 23rd is the date for the UC Pro Day. I feel like that's kind of the, the the closing of the book of the Luke Fickle era with the pro day, saying goodbye to uh, to all the final guys that are gonna you know wrap up. Uh, UCF super fan wants to ask a question. Yes, ask away. But um, Aaron, any any kind of names you're excited to see at that UC pro day that was that was announced for a. Uh, Good job, UCF Superman. Uh, for a um, 
last last go around, last last shot at getting some eyes on you for the NFL. Um, probably most excited about the receivers uh, between uh, Wiley and Tucker and Tyler Scott. Okay, I'm excited to see um, what Tyler runs and Trey. I want to see what I want to see what the speed demons got. But you know, I've been hearing some buzz. I've been getting a little word through the grapevine that uh, someone's been doing pretty well in training. Someone that you may not guess, like training training before, like for the for the upcoming season or training no for 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 pro day. Okay. Okay, uh, let's see Give if you can guess. guess. Uh, is it is it someone who has already graduated prior to this season, or is it someone who was on the team this past year? It is somebody who was on the team this past year. Okay. Huh. Let's Chuck. No. My guess would be, let's go with... <laughs> <laughs> Ryan yes. might be way talking to, way about to ruin Ryan. It. Way to ruin it, Natalie. God damn it, Natalie. Uh, <laughs> I would say <laughs> let's go with um, – I would say kind of kind of been tearing that recently. I think Jabari is too much of the of the right answer. Maybe, maybe DOQ? No. Will Huber. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's kind of moving some times, jumping really well. Um, so he's looking good, apparently, from what I've been told. Just I was surprised. Not that I didn't think, but it's just like I that wouldn't be someone you'd think that is like running like low four six to high four five laser really? jumping over thirty seven right now. So doing really doing really damn good in my opinion. Chad. Hey, boys. What up? Not great, but, you know, I'm here. You are. You are. As always. I'm I'm not headed to the hospital on a 95-mile-an-hour rocket, so we'll make do. That that within itself is is the best news of the night. Not not been a good night so far, but hopefully she's stabilized and – Things are okay for the time being. Good. Does Will Huber being a standout in uh, for pro day potentially surprise you at all? No, Will's always been a guy that's trained his ass off. So, yeah. you know, when you go into pro day training, you're you're no longer training to be a linebacker. You're training to be a tester, and that doesn't really surprise me that Will would attack that. You know. Mm-hmm. aggressively because that's that's how he's always been so no i mean it's awesome I, i'm not that's not to take anything away from him that's saying when given the opportunity to just train and try to increase your jumping and your and your running i could definitely see him uh you know jumping up in the 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 numbers i i mean he could be a special teams ace kind of just play every single role on special teams. Great frame. Yeah. Could do KOR, could do punt, pump block. Mm -hmm. Brian, is Josh going to be at Pro Day at 260? (laughs) I don't know. 
I could, I could, I could ask around and get a little. He's weak. been out in Cali, right? Uh, I think so. I, I saw his know. parents putting up pictures from Cali, saying that they were going out to see Josh. So I think he's been training out, out. Because he out went out there, he went out there with Dez to do some training. Um, back when Dez went out for the Palmer, and I know Josh made some connections out there, so that kind of makes sense. Chad, where did you get that hoodie, man? That is nice. It's the, it's the hoodie. The family the, bowl. Family I know, bowl. but that's that, that's nasty. Little yeah. short sleeve hoodie action. Yeah, I'm, 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 grow like I'm, I'm, I wasn't a short sleeve hoodie guy when I got it. Yeah, but I, I think I kind of like the short sleeve. Uh, right, right. Like, like when it gets kind of fifty to sixty out. You yeah, kinda, and you don't want to have to always like right. Right. Crank the sleeves up. It's not bad. Oh, yeah. Here you go. This guy's backing up what I'm saying about being at UCF. It was, yes. Mm-hmm. It was so quiet. So so there were multiple high school teams in attendance. I, I believe Jizzle James was there. Um, he was. Behind the UC bench. But, uh, like, full high school teams in attendance, I think probably to fill up the arena as much as they could. But, like, people were sleeping. Like, for, for, I saw for those of you people sleeping. For the <laughs> for those of you on the podcast only version, uh, the comment that Brent is referring to is, is uh, I was at UCF yesterday too. Multiple times, it was so quiet in the arena that Kalu was able to start a defense chant from the bench, and it forced the UCF cheerleaders to make noise. Yeah, I, I mean it was it was bad. And then my uh, my sister, and my dad waited in line for forty five minutes for some beers and white claws. So uh, they, they were not too happy to, to put it lightly, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Good luck. Good luck. Big 12 next year coming to town down there in Orlando. I mean, it's a beautiful arena just around it. It's just, I don't know. We'll see if they can fill it up. Um, but anyway, back to the pro day, uh, you know, it Wilson Huber was a player that during spring, uh, it, you know, I went to the spring game, obviously, and kind of just, chatted it up with uh, with Dan Ward there a little bit. Um, and, he, you know, he kind of pointed out Will as, as a player to make a leap because he's kind of showing really well at different aspects of kind of the workout, like you're saying, Chad, where, you know, he's kind of flying all over the field, showing speed, showing, showing you know, can move really well for his size. So I, I think that that could probably pique the interest of, of some NFL teams to, hey, let's get this guy a shot who's, Got a great frame and can can move really well, um, but I'm excited to see kind of who steps up as well, like the Ty Van Fossen or you know Jabari, just players that kind of you know might be a little bit under the radar, but could do well at at the pro day, kind of like what uh, Curtis Brooks did last year. So that'll be fun to watch. Now though, we move into the. Uh, the teased segment that I was going to mention uh, last week, it was it was said that uh, inside linebacker coach Derek Nicholson heading to Miami, Florida, to be their full time linebackers coach. It's also been mentioned that Court Braswell is a potential replacement there. He uh, was with Coach Satterfield at Louisville and at Appalachian State. Then you have outside linebacker coach today, Greg Asperado, leaving to fill the defense coordinator role for Troy. And then kind of the, the one making the biggest waves is uh, offensive coordinator Tom Manning 
leaving for a an NFL job. Chad, you were the one to break this, um, and uh, which which obviously is going to be probably a, you know a, a a pay raise and, and different things like that to get back in the NFL, a place where he really had a great season with the Indianapolis Colts back in I want to say what was that 2018 I believe maybe 17. Um, it was really loved by the organization and and everything there. So first off, what do you guys make of the these coaches now getting offer these these roles kind of as the carousel keeps spinning? I mean, it goes back to what Sat said on the uh, the podcast last week where he said if if your coaches aren't getting hired, that's kind of an indictment on you as a head coach that you're you don't have the right staff in place. If nobody wants any of your guys, if guys are getting plucked, it's because you're doing well. It's because you're having success and because your coaches know some shit. So I, I think it's nothing but a good thing for all of these guys to get elevated to these. All of these positions are promotions. They're not lateral moves. It's not Eric Bieniemy going from OC to OC. Like these are all steps up in the right direction. So I, I don't see a downside here other than the fact that now you have to replace the, what the, the pieces in the cupboard. Right. I mean, the, the, the Gasparato one is interesting because that was a product of Tulane had hired a defensive coordinator from Marshall and then Miami hired him much like they hired uh, Derek Nicholson a week earlier uh, as they, they, revamped their defensive staff so then Tulane hires Troy's defensive coordinator and now Troy late in the cycle is looking for a defensive coordinator so really Miami is kind of the the, the driving force behind the the two linebacker coaches um and then with Manning like what was what was one of the main things we heard when Tom Manning was hired Colts loved him the Colts loved him as their tight ends coach. He did amazing things with the Colts as their tight end coach. Yeah. And sure enough, the thing that we heard was one of the biggest pluses for hiring him comes back to bite Cincinnati in the ass as the Colts changed their coaching staff. And uh, it, it just sounds like Jim Irsay wasn't, uh, wasn't taking no for an answer on bringing him back into the NFL, which... It sucks, but remember, Scott Satterfield's calling the plays. Yep. Like, that that's not changing. Now, would it have been nice to have Tom Manning? Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a guy with Ohio ties. Um, he's had success at the, the Power 5 level and in the Big 12 as a coordinator. I, I think that's probably what hurts more than anything is you were losing kind of the one guy on staff that you had hired – that had a, an intimate knowledge of what the offenses were going to, to be going up against in the Big 12. Um, but Satterfield replaced Nicholson in a day. Yeah. So I'm sure he's got something up his sleeve. And as a guy that's been, you know, a head coach for, what is it, nine years now? Eight, nine years mm-hmm. now? He's got a pretty extensive coaching tree. Let's see, you know, let's see where this goes before – rushing to judgment but uh, you know the part that's hard is is spring ball starts in two weeks from today mm-hmm. so you you really want to get somebody in there and get them around and now the thing that makes it a little tougher is is you've got everything else set 
So the tight ends coach, like you kind of need to hire an offensive coordinator with a background coaching tight ends. Right, right. Because that's that's the spot that needs to be filled. Now, maybe you can use Coach Step to move back to tight end. Maybe you hire a wide receiver coach, but don't see a lot of wide receiver coach slash offensive coordinators. It's usually, right. for whatever reason, quarterback or tight end or offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Satterfield handles it. But, um, you know, it's an, it's an important loss, but it's not like Tom Manning had come in and started installing his offense. And now you're going to have to like start from scratch two weeks before spring. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how it happens. Yeah. It's, it's that a couple things. I, I, I really hope Jim Mercer didn't think, you know, this, this Manning guy, he was pretty good for us a few years as a quarterback, ago. Yeah. As a quarterback. Let's, let's bring him back into the fold. Expect me to see six foot six Peyton Manning walk in. And then and that's just he, his forehead. He's like, who is this? Who is this? <laughs> Who is this Tom Manning guy? Oh, yeah, he was back here when Eric Ebron had that big year. And Jack Doyle, Cathedral's finest. Shout out, Jack. Love you. Uh, I, I yeah, think I think Peyton's actually got a five head. Yeah, oh, he he's got a six. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's I think it's interesting as well because you also heard what Sat said mainly about Tom Manning was, was his, you know, kind of the terminology and the different you know, schemes and NFL, you know, terminology that he had to bring into the mix. Maybe Satterfield was able to get a lot out of him in the little bit of time that he was here. And, you know, maybe it, that, that just was a, a potential benefit that he was able to take in, even though it was short-lived and now he's he's back off to the NFL. Maybe he was able to get some good things out of him and now you just, you know, continue your search. But, but Ryan, this <coughs> – sorry, this – uh this late in the process, when when you kind of started your your workouts again, you're getting ready to fire up for spring ball. What's the what's what's the feeling around the the team when when they see a a coach kind of go off to you know a different adventure, a different step in their life? Is it all all good and you know best of luck to you, or are you kind of feeling like oh we're getting really close to firing this thing up, and or is it completely different because it's a completely new staff? I mean, I think it just it, it kind of makes guys feel a little uneasy. They're already uneasy to begin with. Granted, it's a whole new staff. And then they kind of like, all right, they finally get that stability of their coaches are on staff. Let's we're meeting them. And the next thing you know, the rug gets pulled out from under, under them again. And you know, their guy might be gone. And so I I I'm a little nervous. I mean, yeah, like I, I see what Aaron's saying in terms of it's good. It means that Satterfield has some good guys, so he probably can replace them with more good guys. But I was super excited about Tom Manning. I thought that was a steal. Ben spoke so highly of him. Uh, it was funny. We were texting in this group chat, and um, Ben was, like, texting Alec, like, oh, like, don't – he's going to be good. Like, you're going to enjoy him and all that. But so it just – and I don't know. It just – everything has been so stable, and then now it's, like – everything just kind of blows up and then you're like finally feeling like, all right, this is, this is the new Bearcat program. And then like, boom, three guys gone. And I think probably the best guy on staff assistant wise gone. So I'm, I didn't like it. You know, it makes me a little nervous, but you, you got to move forward and, you know, hopefully Satterfield can pick the right guys. I'm thinking he can. So. 
Yeah. We'll see. I also wonder what, what Satterfield openly saying that he is going to call the plays, you know, still and kind of be the de facto offensive coordinator, if you will, but with a lot of, you know, feedback and, and stuff from all the coaches, what that does for the potential offensive coordinators coming in. But, but I think you can find someone there. There's, there's enough time. You, you know, that's Chad, what, there was, yeah, that's what we did defensively with coach Vic. So it'll be this, right. very similar. Yeah. I, I, Chad, there was a guy that was a tight ends coach at Wisconsin who has has offensive coordinator connection. I'm, I'm joking. I'm talking about Gino Gadulli, but uh, that would be <laughs> quite quite the funny kickback. Anyway, but um, aside from that, we'll see. I I, I think what Sat has been able to show <laughs> it's what it's funny. What what Sat has We're been laughing. able to show. What Sad has been able to show is the ability to have multiple options in his pipeline. You know, kind of just – it's not like all of these coaches were just randomly thrown together. Tom Manning would probably be the – and Tom Manning even has a, a previous connection to Coach Satterfield. So it's – he's someone that seems to have the ability to make a connection again and, and, and find potential replacements. So I don't think it's a sky is falling situation. Um I think it's good that it's right before, you know, spring practice instead of during spring practice when you kind of then have to figure out GAs or someone to fill in the void. But I don't know. We'll we'll see. It's also good because the just, linebackers got just hope spring ball doesn't look like uh, bowl practices. <laughs> now that was funny. What man? What <laughs> what did bowl practices look like? Oh, everybody like, was gone. Seven, yeah. Three coaches, <laughs> one for offense, one for defense, and one for special teams. Yeah. And, and Sat would be like, okay, I'm going to be offensive coordinator for a little bit. Carrie, you are head coach for spring ball. <laughs> Step back in the role, my friend. But, yeah, I don't know. I, it, There's plenty of coaches, though, who, who run the offense as head coach. I mean, even in Cincinnati, Zach Taylor does the same thing for the Bengals. Yeah. And, uh, somebody in the chat mentioned that Dana Holgerson talked about uh, down in Houston that uh, he's not hiring an OC. Yeah, he's not. How wild is that? I mean, he. That's he's not the, the gift that thing. keeps on giving. That's not the craziest thing I've heard Dana Holgerson say. So he's not hiring an offensive coordinator. He's actually just hiring someone to bring him Red Bull vodka. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I was gonna say, man, I was looking for him this uh, this weekend in Orlando. This little place called City Walk. Baca Red Bulls are flowing like water. I tell you what, <laughs> he's hiring a bartender. They get ten spot. They get ten spots. He's got nine coaches and the uh, bartender. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's serve up those drinks. We want them strong, and you know, don't worry about my hair as it flows when I talk to you. But uh, we'll we'll keep it rolling. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I think the coaching will figure itself out. I think uh, kind of the. The ability as well as you have such a big recruiting, you know, recruiting staff in place where these losses don't truly affect recruiting too much at this point, I wouldn't think, right? Because it's kind of, you know, you've got a lot of people handling that side of things where in the previous regime, it might have been like, wow, well, we just lost, you know, Gino, who's out here as the head recruiter for five targets that we've already been in touch with. So we'll see as, as, as things continue to roll on, but. I think the the amount of depth of a coaching staff that they already have in place, I think it can only bode well. 
You know what's crazy? The more you're like getting into the, the Satterfield era, I think the craziest thing is how many guys from Appy State go into coaching. Like all of them. If you played yeah. at Appalachian State, you you just become an assistant in college immediately after. Yeah, all of all of the players. It, it's true. It's all over the place. What their 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 old quarterback, the the one that took down Michigan back in the day. He's he's yeah. a, I mean, a dude. everybody that comes up is like, well, they played at Appalachian State, or they coached with them at Appalachian State, or like everybody has a connection to Satterfield at Appalachian State. I'm just convinced that like everybody, uh, everybody in the coaching profession has some some tie to Appalachian State now. <laughs> <laughs> Seven degrees of Satterfield. Yeah. How do you how do you know Coach Sat? Oh, I spent about four months there in App State. Were you coaching? No, I was just there visiting, having a good time. But yeah, no, it, it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I'm uh, Danco Joe. I see those questions about uh, is Ben going to play? He seems starting over EJ. I, there, there's going to be a lot to to track during spring ball. I I think Ben will probably be still be rehabbing. I would imagine, but. Man, that spring ball will be a, a sight to see, especially the spring game. I I think that'll be – it'll be like a real game, I feel like, if they actually set it up that way. Because uh, a lot of new faces, a lot of different uh, position groups that are kind of kind of up for grabs. So Might even be a real score this year. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Well, it's the finals. Yeah, Ryan, what did they tell you about the scoring of the spring game? <laughs> It was just, it was just like uh, I didn't even pay attention to it. I was like, I don't even give a <laughs> shit. It was just like some stupid bullshit with time How many and points. Did would, you get for kicking Landon Fickle's ass every snap? I think it was automatic, automatic one point per um, <laughs> destruction on the seventeen-year-olds. I think we had a, a a rule clause written in there. It was in the fine print, but well, it was it was funny because. Will Pauling scores the touchdown. That team wins when it's just like, <laughs> yeah. okay. It's just right. at the – it always is like no matter what, it's, oh, basically next play wins. Like if the offense does one yeah. thing, they win. The defense does one thing, they win. <laughs> it's just – that's Coach Fick, and that's what he – he'd always be back there grinning, like damn near swallowing the whistle. So it was just – that was his – that was his his shit. Yeah. It was fun though. It made it fun because then you, if you won, you just ran around like a jackass celebrating, or if you lost, you just laughed like, yeah, whatever, that's bullshit. But it was it was, a, it was always a good time. Always, always. Um, I want to touch on one more thing. Anything else, Bearcat football wise? I want to touch on another thing that Aaron sent me earlier today, which is pretty, pretty interesting to see. I want to get your thoughts, Ryan and, and Chad, on these. Uh, Potential rule changes, um, clock rule changes to reduce plays and games for safety and game length reasons. Have you guys? It has nothing to do with safety. The NCAA needs to shut up with that charade. <laughs> have, have you seen this, Ryan? No. All right. So here we go. This is this is Ross Dellinger. Does a really good job at SI.com. Um, part of it, Chad, do you think he filled in pretty well on the college football inquire? He's, he's okay. Yeah. Uh, Thamel's better at it, but he's okay. Right. Yeah. He's, it's, he's, sounds, he's not there anymore. <laughs> he does sound a lot like right. uh, like Matthew McConaughey. He really does. It's kind of funny. A little bit. I mean, That's he's a Texas guy, and he's got that jaw. Yeah. Right. Right. 
Uh, but but here are the four proposals that are under consideration. One, prohibiting consecutive timeouts, which would be like icing a kicker. You can't call back-to-back timeouts, which I, I mean, like. I, it. I, think it's, but, I don't think it changes much, but I like it. But back to your original point, the hell does that have to do with player safety? Nothing. Nothing. Not a Next. Thing. Nothing. No untimed down at the end of the first quarter and at the end of the third quarter. When's the last time you remember an untimed down at the end of the first or third? Never quarter? happened to me in my whole football career. <laughs> Never once. Yeah, whatever. They're going to throw some twice, there are, twice there are, a season in the entire NFL or the NCAA. Really after all the hard stuff here. They're very hard hitting. Stupid. Ones. Stupid. These, these next two are interesting. The fourth one's the one where I'm kind of like, eh. But uh, now three. Yeah, three as well. Clock runs after first downs, except inside of two minutes and a half. I agree. I would, the NFL I doesn't like, stop the clock yet for first downs. The first down, the first down the ball, it's you're good. What I like five minutes inside of five. Yeah, because there's not a two I wouldn't minute argue trail. with that, but like two minute warning. Yeah, I'd prefer would, two minutes. It would shorten the games, which obviously is what they're trying to get at here. Um, but they're trying to shorten the games because the games are getting to the point that they're four hours long. This goes back to the same argument though I made for baseball: sell the commercials for more and just have less commercials. It's never gonna happen. Why? There's inflation the on everything problem. else. There's That's inflation the on everything else. Sell it's for the com- more. It's the TV timeouts, man. That's what makes the game so freaking long. Like but they're I, never gonna change that. They're not. I mean, it's like bring unbearable out that little clock. Oh my god! And Mitch, TV, TV, timeout. <laughs> I'm just like wanting to like end. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. Don't I don't just, kick a field goal while it's a TV timeout. By uh, the way, yeah, it doesn't count. Even only only when you're in Philly. Game. Only when you're yeah. in Philly. Um, yeah, that that one's interesting. I I kind of agree with the five minutes because there isn't a a two minute warning in in college football. So why two minutes? You know what I mean? It's it's like I don't know. It's perceived as like game winning drives, right? Like don't do it unless it's a game winning drive. And it's only in the first, in the, the second at, half. at the end of each half, end of each half, first half and second half. I don't well, know what if are I, you doing, Ryan. That one's interesting. He's he's. Uh, I'm looking. I dropped some on the ground. Okay. And then. Here, here's here's the interesting one. I, like this, <laughs> yeah, a big old hard boiled egg. Big old hard boiled egg. You dropped it. And I threw it in his I mouth. Stepped on it, and I'm going to delete it. But th- this last one's going to really speed up games, especially the amount of teams that like to throw the football around in uh, in, in college football right now. Clocks run. The, the clock runs on incompletions once the ball is spotted. I don't hate it. They they don't do that in the NFL. No, no. but I don't Why hate it. Do like in, because in college, guys throw for a lot lower percentage than they do in the NFL. That's what take makes games take forever. Is there's teams throwing sixty passes a game, fifty passes a game, and their guys only completing like twenty seven of them. So you get twenty three incompletions. 
That's 23 stoppages of the clock. I don't, I don't hate it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Okay. I would think I would say I'm fine with a two and a half, but you can't do that. I think you can't have both of those. I agree. Otherwise you're playing arena ball. Yeah. You need to pick one of the two. Like I would agree with that. Because teams are going to like, everyone's going to be forced to play a hurry up offense. If that's the case where like, okay, we have an clock never stops. No, when it, would it, it just stop? Keeps going. Yeah, out of bounds. I mean, the only reason to stop clock. It stops on incompletions just until they reset it. Like when the right. ball is placed, mm. then the clock rolls. So yeah. it's not like the clock is is <laughs> just running, going like, all time. It just doesn't stop. Like it's a running <laughs> yeah. clock. That's what it's. A, that's what I, it sounded like. It's like oh, it's just minutes. <laughs> welcome to college football, the land of the mercy rule. We're We'll run stoppage time at the end of the game. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> We're gonna have a running clock until the final two minutes of each half. So, <laughs> buckle up, guys. Here we go. I, I think they should do they should do the two and a half minute, and then that that would be good. I think that would get everybody. And then they should also cut twenty five percent of the ads down, and then that would charge be great. more. Yes, charge more. People are still going to pay for the ads. I mean, they got ESPN the Ocho up there watching, like, my brother play football <laughs> against, against um, like, Colgate. So, I mean, there's plenty of ads to go around. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> so, so, my question, this is, this is also – my question is for the safety of college basketball players when I ask this. Chad, do you know why sometimes there are, you know – where they do a, a timeout, the coach calls a timeout that is under the media timeout time. Sometimes they tie it in with the media timeout, and, and sometimes, sometimes they, don't. they don't. Yeah, I don't know why that is. I'm guessing it's just a matter of how much inventory they've used, like how many commercials. Many ads, yeah. Like, have they gotten the allotment of ads in? If not, then it, it doesn't count. Uh, and if they have, then it does count. I don't know. I mean, that was a boo that, that reigned throughout – additional financial arena on Sunday was when they, they called it. I think Dawkins called a timeout and then like, and then right afterwards, it was three seconds later. Yeah. They said media timeout. That's like the old um, touchdown timeout, kickoff timeout. Yeah. Those make my blood boil. I can only imagine being Royer on all that monster energy on the sideline. (laughs) And there's a kickoff, there's a timeout, a kickoff, and then another timeout. So basically, there's a kickoff in between eight minutes. Oh my of, god, uh, it's, it's terrible! It's okay. terrible. Nick may have some insider information, but uh, yeah, I, I imagine commercial spots are are tough. But man, I like the whopper, 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 whopper commercial. <laughs> Although quite, quite you know, trendy and very, very nice to sing along with. I swear they saw that commercial one thousand times. Oh, get ready! Like it's the NCAA tournament always has one or two that that they play every oh, commercial break for uh, three weeks. It'll be the Wendy's breakfast with Reggie Miller waking up and eating breakfast. <laughs> whopper, 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 single, double, triple whopper. And then Reggie just like opens up the gate and says, "No, head to Wendy's for breakfast." <laughs> Burger King, the Whopper's terrible, but yeah, that, oh, terrible. That would be what Charles Barkley would come on screen and say. That's terrible. terrible. 
That's terrible, terrible. man. That Whopper terrible. I bet Shaq is a Whopper. Happy birthday, Chuck. Is it is it birthday today? Yeah. Good for him. Great guy. Great I just guy. hope they bring uh, back the, the weird creepy king and, and combine him with the Whopper commercial. In some like way, he's, shape he's singing. Uh, I, you know, I I read something. His mouth doesn't move. Uh, he can't be singing. He just kind of. What's his name? Is it just King? It's the King. King. <laughs> I thought I didn't know if he had a name. I forgot. I guess Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the Burger King. King uh, Burger. Um. What I I read something that they paid some guy that writes movie scores like a, a cra- pretty crazy amount yeah, Hans to make Zimmer? the Whopper, yeah, is that to make real? The Whopper song. I, I don't know. I, I saw that. Me and my friends were like, is this a meme or what is I know. This? Like, is this real? Yeah. Hans Zimmer's the goat. <laughs> yeah. And he created a goat Whopper Whopper. But uh, that's, that's for a different story. So I guess in the end, Ryan, after reading all those potential rule changes, do you think that really helps the safety of the players? No, it's just for it's just for the fan watching experience is what it is. I mean, there's like a couple games like when we played Indiana this past year, it was like what ninety plays or something yeah. for the defense. That was insane. I mean, that okay. was like that. That's once in a career, and like guys, I, guys are never really complaining about. Oh, I played too much. Like, so apparently the uh, the Whopper commercial is the most expensive commercial ever. Because the owner of Burger King gave Hans Zimmer 13% of Burger King to write that. What? Yeah. Why? Why is he that? Why is he that serious? (laughs) Burger King CEO CEO Jose Sill reveals that he gave legendary film composer Hans Zimmer 13% control of the company as payment for their new ad. (laughs) I want I'm gonna need like a 10 minute like YouTube Hans Zimmer like mini explanation. Right. Like why he chose this, why he did that, and like because he does like breakdowns of all of his like scores of like oh like I did I use these different like devices to make these different noise. <laughs> like I just want one for the BK one so bad. <laughs> let's be honest though like that that took over uh, like oh the yeah. videos of like i was like watching your team throw an interception under two minutes in the fourth <laughs> quarter and then this commercial comes on <laughs> whopper, whopper, whopper. jamar hamlin got injured and that was like the first thing that, that popped up I mean, I just saw another one. It was like a, a remembrance of, of a someone who died on ESPN. It's like screen goes black for two seconds and it's whopper, whopper, whopper. <laughs> it's just like unstoppable. Yeah. Well, and then always the person in the in the video is is like a, a bigger dude, like a me, you know. He's like, okay, yep, time to go get a whopper. <laughs> time so, to door dash a couple whoppers. Burger King's net income. Is 1.02 billion in 2021. Uh, so I believe that would mean that Hans Zimmer was paid 76 million dollars for the Whopper 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 jingle. <laughs> That's like doing a movie. He has to do like a whole like score for a movie, and he probably made 
three times as much on Whopper, Whopper, Whopper for, <laughs> I don't know, maybe like 5% of the work. <laughs> Junior double, triple Whopper. You know, I, I think what they did is they uh, – oh, oh here, here's a good question. There's nothing Brent <laughs> could do to get 13% control of the company. Nothing. <laughs> I'll, nothing. I'll, I'll create one hell of a, of a jingle. Something to, <laughs> something to bring us in and out with. You you would just do what Natalie did. Brendel, Brendel, Chadwick, Brendel. <laughs> <laughs> journal, journal, Bearcat, journal, 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 Bearcat. That's Roy, Aaron, Brent, and <laughs> Aaron Smith, all the producer journal. Yeah, I, I think we can do it. Oh, God. At BCJ, <laughs> have it your way. You rule. Go Bearcats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it, like it's it's you see <laughs> you see. So seventy-two million a year, not not just one year. And the better they do, the more money he gets. The more whoppers, right. the more people they put in a whopper hypnosis to go. There's get nobody one. on the planet that loves the fucking whopper more than him, than Hans Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> he loves the Whopper more than anyone. I, I have to admit, I've, I've gotten Burger King once in like the last 10 years. So, I mean, I'm not. I've actually been on a Burger team. King kick, but I don't do Whoppers. The double stack is back. Uh huh. And the double stack is awesome. I just get weirded out because they all sell like 50 chicken nuggets for five bucks. I'm like, what? What is in mother? Those? What yeah. are you guys doing with this? <laughs> Like they must have been shipped from like East Palestine, Ohio, or something. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> We're taking shots here. Jeez. Burger King, Burger King, the first food source from East Palestine, Ohio. <laughs> At BCJ, <laughs> have it your way. You see, see ya. <laughs> It works. It works. <laughs> not only do you not get 13%, you're also fired. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you lose. After I receive that news, I'm like sitting down watching TV and the Whopper Whopper commercial comes on. I guarantee you, the day you fire me, the Whopper Whopper will be on TV. There's no doubt in my mind. But uh, yeah, it's, that's good. It's good news. Um, well, I guess that wraps up football talk uh pretty good i think the rules are dumb number four is stupid that just i mean you're playing Candyland football at that point <laughs> hurry up offense all the time hate it quick quick paper supply your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products quick paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low minimum the next day deliveries Providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom-printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick at 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Let's do that mailbag, Aaron. I'm working on it. Golly. Oh, God. Sorry, I had to write out the timestamp. <laughs> Goodness. Do, 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 All right. The uh the mailbag's light. There's only six questions. That's that's good. That's okay. So, that's okay. 
Let's so, okay, get into it. Should we run an ad real fast before we do that? Or, you know, you got a, you got a two and a half minute commercial on, on hand? No. Whopper, whopper, whopper. <laughs> Download Betfred on your phone. Download yeah. Betfred on your phone. Use code BCJ111 for your Bearcat Journal promotions and also support us here at Bearcat Journal. Uh, I, that's I, uh, promotion. I, I made my second bet today. Yeah. Oh, today. I've got Kansas money line TCU. Oh, Kansas on the money line at TCU. What was it? A two point spread? One and a half when I when it went off when I when I got it. Yeah. Ooh, not not bad. Not I didn't bad. feel great about uh, great about it, but at the, I'll I'll take the money line on that. Right. Kansas is playing really well right now. They're playing about as well as anyone in the country. They've got a guy named Grady Dick. Yeah. So the, I mean. I have you listened to the announcers just like abusing? Yeah. Oh yeah. Leaning, leaning the hard, oh. hard D, hard like, into the D. And like, <laughs> it is funny because you like then listen to like the press conference or like read like like a quotable or the story about it. It'll be like, Dick replied, "It was his best day ever." <laughs> it's just like okay, interesting. But that was the the best Dick has ever been. Yeah. <laughs> Bet Fred, bet Fred, bet Fred, bet Fred. <laughs> We're all children. Promo all right. code BCJ111. We got that changed so you don't have to use that crazy long link. Now you just go to Bet Fred, you download the app, you put in the promo code BCJ111 when you sign up, and uh, that will support us uh, and get you ready to go with Bet Fred. This go. is not a family show, Joffrey. We have all Ryan right. Royer on this show. Yep. Accurate. Yes, that is true. All right, getting into the mailbag and the football portion of the mailbag. Uh, in light of recent coaching departures, I've got to ask, how fucked are we? We're fucked, aren't we? Uh, fuck, in all seriousness, <laughs> I think we should all drive to Wisconsin and throw a hefty bag of shit at Fickle's house. Fuck. Well, yeah, this is, not a, <laughs> this is absolutely not a family show now. Jeez. Hell but yeah. I was interested to see which word you were going to use for that, and you chose. He the went hard. Word. He went hard F. You, I mean, you chose the best word in the English language. I'll be honest. That appropriate. Has so many uses. It's beautiful. Apparently, YouTube is tightening up on the use of that word and your ability to get monetized. Uh, uh, so, yeah. We'll stash this one in the. The CEO just re- just stepped away, stepped down, and they're already changing the f bomb. Come on. Ah. <laughs> Wajwiki, what was her name? Something. Wiki Key. wiki. Wiki wiki. <laughs> Nobody wiki. named Wiki Wiki's ever worked out with anything. <laughs> Wit wiki, sandwich wiki, Transformers. Oh, okay. There we go. Um, I don't know that there's any any answers there. Um, uh, uh, I mean, and it's not good. I know we were kind of not anticipating a great year from the, the lovely cats, anyway. So, I mean, that's you. I, I want to at least. Can I at least see practices first? What do you mean? <laughs> you? How many times we said on that we gave predictions of seven and five, six and six? I mean, yeah, but there's there was going to be a transition year if Fick was here. Well, no, I know. That's what I meant. That like next year is not looking. But I want to see. Can I see practice first? Can I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. So is is Brian Brown kind of a linebackers coach, or what? What is his secondary? He's a DB coach. 
is DBs. Yeah, safeties. Okay. Yeah, safeties. I think he's done safeties and corners. Okay, because it just has associate head coach, defensive coordinator as his title. But I, I, I don't know. I the the thing is, I'd feel a lot better if it was like Walt obviously isn't going to leave, but if if it was like defensive line coaches going somewhere because you have all that senior leadership still in the room. But linebacker wise, you know, you're got you're telling DP. Stu's not telling, leaving. Oh no, no, oh no, what? No, Stu's not. I'm not leaving. No, no, no. But <laughs> like it, it, the fact that it's a linebacker room, you're asking DP to step up. You're asking Jaheim to step up, and until they fill that void. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. Just make a quick hire and and keep it rolling. Yes. Uh, what superpower would you rather have knowing who is going to coach for the Bearcats or knowing who is going to play for the Bearcats? Play. 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 Absolutely play. <laughs> I would agree. Play is, is the right answer. Ryan's thinking coach. Play. Ah. <laughs> You want to know who's going to be uh, who's going to be on kickoff? Yes, that's what Ryan wants to know. Who's on pump block kickoff kickoff return? I wonder what punt's going to be like now that the uh, the Darth Vader of punting is no longer with us. Just Coach Fickle. Just just <laughs> tell Flesh to kick it as far as you possibly can. Every, every punt season. period. Have you guys seen Rogue One? Star yeah. Wars Rogue One, when Vader just lights the saber in the dark room and just starts killing everyone. That's yeah. Coach Fickle when punt period would start. So <laughs> I wonder I wonder what this is gonna be you, like. You think Sat's gonna let Fletch just stand back there for eight seconds holding the ball before he punts it? <laughs> I don't know. I have punt. no clue. Right before I, punt period, Fick goes to the sideline, grabs his T E A M. Best I mean, puts it on and says, yeah. All right, guys, let's go. It is time. Put team Fletcher, get out there. I like it. Where's Burton? Where's Burton? <laughs> Need it. And that's the football portion of the mailbag for the week. Good job, guys. We did it. Um, moving on to basketball. If Vic plays 30 minutes and JD plays 30 minutes, that leaves 20 total It's like minutes. one of those train things. I'm, nobody said there was going to be anything about math. 10 minutes each for Odie and Kalu. Is this just the way it is, or how would you tweak the minutes for those four players moving forward? I wouldn't play Vic 30 minutes coming back. Not right away. You need him for the AAC tournament. Like, Yeah, yeah you want him for the stretch run of tough games, but you need him for the AAC tournament. I'd have him in that – as long as he's he's back, I'd have him in that 20, 25-minute range uh, and then adjust everyone else's minutes accordingly. Yeah, I, I mean, the fact of the matter is they aren't going to get in that large bid to the NCAA tournament. So, I mean, you got to pull some magic in the AAC tournament. And if that means playing Vic 35 minutes in certain games, then make sure he's ready to go that long if he needs to. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Chad. And then I, I think if, if JD's having a great game – that you play him that much. But if not, I mean, Odie has proven that he can play alongside Vic and backup Vic. Kalu has as well. So I think you've got a lot of chances to roll around. 
P.S. In the last three games, Kalu and Odie have combined for 64 points, 35 rebounds, four blocks, and 133 minutes, which is an average of 22 minutes per game per man. Combined shooting of 28 of 38 from the field for a mere 73.6%. This guy loves his wow. shit. Killer V. Wow. Woo! Oh, Killer V is always yeah, very he, he, detailed. He does have some good, some good points. Very detailed. Yep. Oh boy. Killer V, I just fired Brent, so <laughs> you got a spot open on the beast. <laughs> Chad Brendel fires Brent Young from BearcatJournal.com. We'll be right back after these messages. There's there's 13%. There's a 13% share up for grabs right now. So oh, um, that'd be so good if Brent like got fired, just turns on the TV just immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I I just pull out my phone and it's just DoorDash. Single, double, triple, whopper. Make it a triple. <laughs> Previous week question. Who the fuck could eat a triple whopper? Crazy person. That thing is huge. Like the whopper is big. Yeah. In general. Who could yeah. eat yeah. three patties on a... That's, that's not a mailbag question. I agree. Put it in the mailbag. Uh, previous week question, DDJ Nolly combo, to be more specific, point guard, small forward, one and three. Are they top five since 1992? All right. So I have to sit this one out. <laughs> Hold on. I don't know enough. Okay. Uh-oh. Logan Dermar. Hold on. Hold on. Well, yeah, uh, start start naming them. I'm going to go back to 1992. That's a Are long time. Ago. All right. Um, someone uh, said I can eat four or five Whoppers if you let me. There you Don't go. have kids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so 92. Point guard is... Nick Van Exel. Nick Van Exel. And small forward Herb Jones. Yeah, Herb Jones. So, yeah, that would probably be number one. They're they're right they're right there at the top. That would probably be number one. Again, is Nick Van Exel and I guess what? Who would you consider the three in ninety two? I mean, ninety three. I mean, are you are we going to go through? No, just the no. Shouting out. Let's see here. This one. Uh, I mean, really, you just have to look like for the great point guards. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, why is that not? Keith Legree and, you know. No. Burton. No. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Well, I guess T-Rat probably would have been the three on that 93 team. Right. Lazelle would have been the two. Yeah. Like, if you could consider Lizelle, the, gunslinger. Been, the gunslinger. The would have probably been the three, I guess, two. I guess T-Rat would have been the three. Gosh. Um, See, like, this year now, 97-98, you, you've got Reuben Patterson, but then Michael Horton. You know, it's. I mean, the great point guards are Nick, and then you go to 2000, Satterfield, 
Steve Logan. Logan and and Stokes would be one would be one combo that's going to be pretty high up the list. Troy and Jake or Troy and Jaron, probably Troy and Jake. Well, 98-99 you had Logan and Pete Michael, so that's Ooh, that's a that's a pretty Well, Logan wasn't the starter then though, was he? Uh, he was averaging 8.9 points as a freshman. 2.2 yeah, yeah. Uh 17 cash, starts. So, yeah. Cash and SK. <clears throat> Would you say SK is a 2 or a, or a 3? I mean, Mick kind of it was interchangeable, so I guess right. it doesn't really matter. Cash and SK. Well, Dion would have probably been the two. And then SK the three on that that uh 2012 team. I'd say close to the top five, if not yeah. in it, like right around the top five. Uh Devin Downey and James White, that would have been a good one. Yep. For sure. Flint and Fortson would be good. Uh, Dave is the two. I mean, he's been playing the one. Like, effectively, when you're yeah. averaging uh, seven assists a game, you're playing point guard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a default. If you get oh. over five assists a game over a 10-game stretch, I'm going to say you're playing the point guard. Jamal Warren and uh, Marvin Gentry. I don't. I, they would be just outside the top five. Okay. Okay. Oli. Fair. Uh, yeah, I would say close. Yeah. All right. Uh, the team is squarely in the realm of where you all loosely predicted it would be at at the start of the year, albeit with some ups and downs. I still don't think this team, even tired and injured, has peaked. What do you all think? I don't think we're ever going to get to to see this team peak because we never got to see. All of the parts. Yeah. Right. Together. That's the frustrating. That's the most frustrating part about this year is we never really got to see what exactly it looked like together as a unit. It's never represented the team at AAC media days. If that tells you how much coach is putting an emphasis on him. I mean, it's also the funniest reason that I think that people want to run West out of town is because we never got to see this team. All together. This team that has significantly improved from start to finish of this season, what would they have looked like if they had all their pieces? By the way, what no about Vaughn? Left. I mean, I guess like senior Vaughn and Rashad Bishop or Lance Stevenson. Yeah, but they, they were terrible together. Like right. they did that was oil <laughs> and water. They didn't work. Right. So it'd be cash and, and Rashad. Uh, I mean, I think Cash and SK is who I would pair up with Cash. Right. But but that one year when Rashad was a senior. <laughs> Thrifty SK Walrus. Was, they was make coming, coming off the bench, guys. They, they, they make like pro, probasketballreference.com <laughs> where you can look up any and all of these people. <laughs> Google's your friend. Um, um, God, there. I was just going to say, thought Kenny Satterfield was a joke. Apparently, I think it's a game. He turned it over a lot. He drove me crazy. He was really good, but he drove me nuts watching him play at times. Um, Anybody else have anything to add about if this team has has Royer? You think they've peaked? 
Sorry, I couldn't get my thing to unmute. Um, I don't know. I think they still got something in them. I feel like they've just been like knocking at the door. Just they've been teasing us all year with like, oh, uh, a good win, then like an almost a great win, and then just a horrible loss. Right. I think they just have like a little bit left in the tank to kind of shock us. Um, that's why I think they need to they need to carry that right through this the end end of the year just to see what can happen in this tournament. I, so the thing for me is when you see basketball seasons, I, I mean, you think back to, you know, I, I went to Harry Potter world this past, uh, you know, this past weekend, you know, the boy who lived has come to die. The guy who says did you that get a butterbeer. I did. That's not alcoholic. So I only had a few sips and then I took the other one that, is actually good, and then so, but but it did taste good. It was tasty, very very sugary, I'm sure. But uh, the the guy who said that was coach here for a little bit. I'm just joking, but anyway. So he yeah. when when it was the first year under John Brandon, you remember all those games down the stretch were just overtime, close game, win, pull it out, loss. You know, very close games. You think back even further that one season with when. Larry Davis was the interim head coach for Mick. All of those close games where they were squeaking by with two point wins here, you know, one point win, and then a loss here and there. This season, they only have two games that that were wins that were very close to possibly being losses. A lot of their losses are all ones that they could have won. You know what I mean? So it's it, you. You look the, the only blowouts were Ohio State. Uh, I guess Arizona, you could consider a, a blowout if you want to, uh, but I, I mean, outside of that, maybe Houston at home, maybe Memphis. But outside of that, each one you could possibly see as a win. So I don't know. I th- there's so many what ifs with this season. I feel like you know, what if they didn't lose four games where they were leading by double figures in the second half? So the the what ifs will always really really frustrate me when it comes to the season because the pieces are all kind of there. Fully expecting a great conference tournament run culminating in a nail-biting, heartbreaking loss in the AAC championship game. It feels like this team's destiny. Only if they're up double digits with 10 minutes to go. <laughs> Brent, if you want to call Arizona a blowout at eight points, even though, I mean, it was some late late game three. They were down by, 20 uh... with two minutes left. I'm just going to give North Northern Kentucky a blowout at 13 by Northern Kentucky. That game was was right up there with the Tulane game with most – and, of course, ECU sucked, but as far as technical difficulties and, like, a game that didn't even really feel like a real game, NKU and Tulane are on that same little, little stratosphere for me. Man. All right. Um, last question. That was the end of the uh, basketball portion of the mailbag. Last uh, – Last question here from Skins. Good morning, gents. Rapid fire. Cheese sticks or potatoes skins? I eat cheese sticks frequently. I love cheese sticks. Uh, But, man, I I have a soft spot for for a a well done, like somebody that does potato skins right. I'll go cheese sticks, but I I do love a good potato skin. Potato skin. Yeah, my girlfriend's gonna kill me, but uh, she loves cheese sticks. But I'm gonna go potato skin, <laughs> little sour cream on that. Mm. Cheese sticks, no marinara. I, I like them just plain. Fuck out of here. What are you I dipping do. in? Ranch? 
No, I don't dip it. I just eat it. Just give me the give me the cheese deep fried. I'm here for it. Uh, Lacey Chabert or Tara Reed, circa 2001. That's a Tara Reed. Gotta look these up. So just put, type in, type in Tara, Tara Reed, Reed Van Wilder. Van Wilder. And then yeah. type in Lacey. Lacey, Schaefer. you don't even have to put her last name. Just put Lacey Party of Five. Yeah. No, or or Lacey Girl Next Door. I wasn't. No, uh, that's a different person. That different Lacey. No, no. you're thinking of uh, the Jack Jack Bauer's daughter from Lacey Chabert. Yeah. What? Party of Party Five. Of five. Right? Well, then I gotta go Tara Reed then. Lacey Chabert for me all day. Actually, actually, now that I'm now that I Google, look, look all day. Look, Tara Reed was a special kind of crazy. Yep. Well, so, what are we choosing for? Are we choosing for fun? Are we are we choosing to be stuck <laughs> with them for the rest of our lives? Those are two different questions. Okay. If I'm oh. choosing for fun, for Tara the Reed for circa two thousand one. No, you're choosing them for the year two thousand one. Oh, <laughs> then Tara Reed. Lacey is the girl from Not Another yeah. Team Movie. Is that Elijah Cuthbert was the girl next door. Yeah, Elijah Cuthbert. Oh man, I tell you what, the girl next door. Sure, you might you might draw conclusions <laughs> based off the title, but man, that that movie Look, she was hotter than shit. That movie really she was dumb as a box of fucking rocks in 24. <laughs> man, that 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 song in this year's Love, David Gray. Oh man. <laughs> Thrifty Walrus got caught looking up Tara Reid on the family computer. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, if you're choosing Tara Reid, you might be choosing for fun and the rest of your life. Look, there's some things you could have got from Tara Reid that are the gift that keep on giving, I'm sure. I thought she was saying that she might kill you. Yeah, she might. And you also might, like, yeah, yeah, get cold sores on your mouth all the time. Is Lacey Chabert the guy from the like, girl from like Mean Girls? Luck. You'd be lucky if it was just your mouth. Oh. That's what that's that kind of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Lacey is the girl from from Mean Party Girls. Party of Five. Mean Girls. Yeah, yeah, she was in Mean Girls. I forgot about that. All right, I'll go Lacey. All right. Um, Did you pick Troyer? I went Tara. <laughs> You would that uh that scene at the end of Van Wilder. Yeah, I'm you not hearing any underwear scene. If you know, you know. So, so yeah. much for rapid fire. Um, Ducktales or Chippendale Rescue Rangers? I'm here for Ducktales. Yeah, Chippendale. I'm going, I'm going Ducktales. Oh, man, I want to say Chippendale, but Ducktales was awesome. <laughs> Ducktales. Uh, follow-up question, since we had the blurred porn theme last week, what is your porn name based on middle name and street you grew up on, and can Brent grow out a glorious porn stash? Um, I don't know that any of us should mention this, because I feel like this is skins trying to get information for uh, passwords. Stealing our, yeah, stealing our passwords, mm-hmm. our identity, yeah. Yep. We're on to you, skins. But as for Brent growing out a mustache... I think Royer would look better with a porn stash. <laughs> with curled up at the end? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I can't do the curl thing. With, so with the that's, wax? That's all you, you gotta get the wax and the little yeah. twist. You gotta let it come down just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. 
Joffrey Inman. I love toaster scrambles, by the way. That, those things are delicious. Toaster strudels? Scrambles. I know, with like the eggs in them or whatever. Oh, yeah. And that's the mailbag. Oh, very good. Well, guys. We were going to have an assistant coach on here, uh, but now they don't have any. So uh, <laughs> we're going to wait for next time. Yay! Oh. Fun times with Satterfield. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, we'll see. But yeah, that was Royer with the porn stash and aviators is a perfect match for 21, 2001 Tara Reed. <laughs> no truer go. words have ever been spoken. No truer oh. words have ever been spoken. <laughs> oh, Daryl, we we don't mention that word that that anymore. No more. But, um, there's no saying the n-word, Daryl. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder where in the podcast Daryl even is right now. Nevada. Right? <laughs> Nevada. Nevada. Yeah, Nevada. Pain. Nevada. Yeah. Get us. Pain. Get us out of here, Brent. Trail of tears on the way back. Uh, but anyway, so uh, what it was back up to sixty-five, up to Indy. I was crying. Literal real tears. President's Day, Brent. Real tears. Can't say that stuff. George Washington Day as well (laughs) on the same day. Um, So anyway, guys, uh, another good show. Huge week for the basketball team as they get some momentum heading into the conference tournament. Uh, Things are are starting to roll. Spring practice coming ever closer. Stay locked into BCJ Pod. Anything else, guys, before we head out? Any any little nuggets? Anything fun to wish the the listening faithful? On the way out? No. No. <laughs> Yet again, again, guys. Another fantastic ABT. Uh, oh, <laughs> well, well, thank you to Danco. Thank you to, to, to all the partners. But uh, another fantastic BBP presented by Bearcat Journal. See ya. <laughs>